by naturopathicearth.com. Here is certified health coach A. Gregory Luna with Confessions of an Obese Child. Hey everybody, this is A. Gregory Luna. I hope you're doing well. Of course, you can call me Gregory and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Listen up. I hope you're doing well. If you've noticed, uh, I did move Confessions to its own separate feed. And what I'm doing now is I'm, like, I'm doing it about twice a month, twice a month. And so it's, it's, it's like my own quasi-bi-monthly period. It's that time of the month for me to do another confession. So hopefully you listened to the previous one, which talks about my exercise addiction. And today we're going to talk about orthorexia and my struggles with orthorexia as a result of my childhood. Before I begin, I want to talk about uh, my other podcast, Naturopathic Earth Radio or MPE Radio is the flagship. I recommend you listen to that one. If you, I, th- I think if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably already listened to NPE Radio, but NPE is more about uh, clean eating, how to eat well, how to lose weight, and then of course we talk about the different toxins in the food and how they affect your health. So I recommend you could check that one out. And then Kate's Apothecary is the, uh, Kate McCall is my partner in this endeavor, and she's also my fiance. And uh, she does a, a beginner's guide to aromatherapy. And uh, she has about four or five podcasts. She's not as prodigious as I am in, in my output or in her output, but her episodes are very well received. In fact, her, her episodes probably get triple the, the, the downloads as mine. And it's not, it's not like mine don't do well. It's just hers do really well. Maybe it's because she's beautiful and there's a beautiful picture of her. And she's really great. But please listen to that one as well. But either way, please listen to those and post a review. That'd be great. Post a review and confessions. It would take you one second to do, and it would really mean a lot to me. And as I've mentioned before, uh, I think Confessions of an Obese Child really has its place with the right audience, and I appreciate all the feedback that I've gotten from you guys. And most of the people that I've heard from have been currently obese people, a couple formerly obese, they've lost their weight, but a lot of them are people that grew up overweight and they can really relate to the stories. And even the adult versions, uh, which we're talking about now, like the last three or four have been what, what I've dealt with as, a, as an adult, kind of the, the vestiges of what it was like to be a binge eating child and how it affects your adulthood and how it affects your relationships. And the one on food is my mistress, I got a lot of feedback on that one. I got a lot of feedback uh, because it's, I got, you know, it's interesting because I got feedback on that from spouses of overweight people or binge eating people. And I also got feedback from people who, spouses of, 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 of people who are addicted. So uh, like Al-Anon people, for example, uh, because a lot of, a lot of the, the, the addictions are, there's a lot of universal themes in them. And so I really, I really appreciated that feedback because food does become the mistress. It really does. Just like, you know, certainly with alcoholism or with drug addiction or gambling or, you know, the porn, which I think, and I'm sure Kate would agree with me, is probably the biggest epidemic we have in America, probably only next to Vicodin or you know, the, the narcotic addiction that we have right now. It's a major problem. So I really appreciate that feedback. So let's talk about let's talk about the orthorexia here. So I, I wanted to bring this up because I I I'm, I like talking about right now with confessions my current struggles. And since we're up to date on the current stuff, I did talk about 
my exercise routine and how it's become a prison. Similarly, it's the orthorexia. Now, if you're not familiar with what orthorexia is, I'll tell you in a second. What was that? I felt like I went into the Stargate with uh, James Spader and Kurt Russell. What happened to James Spader? Remember how good looking he was back in Pretty in Pink and in Sex, Lies, and Videotape? And now he's in that show, The Blacklist. Poor guy. He was such a heartthrob. <laughs> if you guys listen to MP Ready, you know I like playing with my little sound effects that I have on GarageBand. And I know that I th- some of you have commented that you actually like it when I put the music between like the top six reasons for blah, 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 because it separates it. But I have gotten some feedback that it is distracting, but... It's my it's my podcast and it's a fun little toy. So if you're not familiar with orthorexia, it literally means rexia means appetite. Ortho means straight. So it's a fixation with clean eating. So I did an MP radio podcast about three months ago on I believe it's the 12 signs that you might be orthorexic. And a couple of the hallmark features is that you are obsessed with clean eating, whether in in, in your world it's veganism or paleo or raw vegan or keto, where you fixate on the food. And it's a type of an extension of a typical eating disorder like anorexia nervosa or bulimia nervosa or binge eating, and that you're obsessing over food. So one of the things that you obsess over food, secondly, you, you end up limiting what you end up eating day in, day out, because you think everything else is toxic laden or will make you fat. So for example, you'll only eat, I don't know, organic spinach, tomatoes, and balsamic vinaigrette, and maybe organic fish. Rinse, lather, repeat every day, because every other food you won't eat. So when you go to the grocery store, and you're looking at the different ingredients, you're like, I can't eat this. This has high fructose corn syrup. This has um, genetically modified corn. This has soy in it. I can't eat this. Or another classic hallmark of orthorexia is that it limits you eating out or you're eating out with your friends. So your friends invite you to go to Applebee's and you're like, I can't go to, you you might not even tell them this because a lot of orthorexics hide it. And they'll say, "Oh, I can't go to." In their mind, I can't go to Arthur. I can't go to Applebee's because Applebee's, all the meat there is shot up with antibiotics. Which, if you listen to MPE fifty six, the one I just released on the the annual review of which restaurants still use a lot of antibiotics in their food, Applebee's happens to be one of them. They got an F. But you, you're like, "Oh, I can't. I can't eat this because the the fries are full of trans fats. They cook everything in industrial grade vegetable oil." And so forth and so forth. This has food dyes. This has our aspartame. And so you just stay home and you essentially put yourself in a closet. Somebody put baby in a closet to quote Dirty Dancing or baby in a corner. So you essentially pigeonhole yourself and you narrow your your social life. You narrow your food. Some orthorexics are very particular on how the food is made. So for example, like if the steak isn't flipped six times or if the eggs aren't cracked the same, what right, the right way or... If, if the salad isn't tossed a certain way, they throw it out. But that's more of a, that's more of a kind of an aberrant um, 
side deviant view, not deviant, but deviation of the typical orthorexia view. The typical orthorexia view is that you're just obsessed with food, you're obsessed with eating, you're obsessed with clean eating, and you limit your food to a smaller, smaller amount of food to the point where you're only eating like four foods and then you never eat out. So can I relate to this? Let's find out. Absolutely, I can relate to this. And here's here's the thing about orthorexia is that I think a lot of people in the paleo, primal, veganism, clean eating, anti-vax world, holistic, alternative medicine are closet orthorexics. And I remember when I posted the article link uh, when I did the 12 signs you might be orthorexic, I posted on my Facebook. And my Facebook friends are mostly people that are in the same kind of like-minded world. And I have about 2,500 friends. And I I was very honest. And I said, orthorexia is a major problem in, in our community and our, you know, whatever, or whatever our quote unquote community is. But in that, that whole clean eating, you know, know about all the toxins, blah, 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 blah. And I did get some backlash for some people. And and, and see, here's, here's the thing. Here's a typical, and if you listen to any of the shows, either Half Size Me or... Uh, Mark's Daily Apple or you know Primal Blueprint, 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 sorry, or uh, Rob Wolf or any of these shows. Like anytime they interview somebody, it's like they always trace their journey. Like, what's your journey? And everybody's journey is essentially the same. Either they grew up overweight, which tends to be the minority, but most of them suffered some from some illness in their twenties or thirties, or they got an autoimmune problem or something like that. And then they figured out that their doctors were just incompetent. And so they started doing fill in the blank, you know, veganism, paleo, whatever, um, elimination diet of some sort. And they got, they got healthier, right? Uh, so those people I don't worry about. It's the people who've lost their weight group that, that I worry about that become orthorexic because it makes complete sense. And I've talked about this in various podcast episodes. So you... I have an unhealthy relationship with food already being an obese child because either you were binge eating or you were anorexic or you were bulimic uh, or something like that. And so you lost the weight. And so you're petrified, of course, of gaining that back and going through the hell and the stigma that is to be an obese person. And so lots of times you you lose the weight either through bariatric surgery or through one of these fad diets or one of these lifestyles, and you're so grateful and you want to tell the whole world about it. And I recently posted a blog article that I might turn into a podcast of nine reasons why we still eat toxic crap food. And one of it is that people preach too much. And so let's say you're a, a paleo person. And you've lost a lot of weight because of, of the paleo lifestyle. And so, of course, you know naturally you want to tell everybody about it. It's like, oh, I lost the weight to paleo. You got to do this. Get rid of grains. Get rid of rice. Get rid of dairy. Blah 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 blah. And people see that as very judgmental because they don't want to give up that food, and they're not there on that road. If they're ever going to be at that point in the road, maybe they never want to get. Maybe they're healthy. Maybe they're they're of good weight. But these people, unbeknownst to them, I think. And unbeknownst to me, will kind of proselytize people, and that turns off a lot of people. But on, on a personal road, though, they become orthorexic because they, they become fixated on the thing that saved them. 
And so they think, well, I lost weight because I adopted paleo. And so if I deviate off paleo or if I deviate off veganism, I might gain my weight back. Or if I start going back to conventional meat or if I go back to conventional produce, I might gain my weight back. And so this is where you already get the mindset of the orthorexic because the orthorexic will then start limiting their food choices and the fear that they're going to gain the weight back. And so this is a major problem in the clean eating world, and I wish it was addressed because it's a problem. And even though orthorexia is not in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual for Mental Health Disorders, the DSM-5, it's going to be an up, upcoming one because it is a pervasive problem because we are obsessed with weight and health and wellness. We're either trying to lose weight or we're trying to keep it off, or if we've gained it back, we're trying to lose it again. It, you know, we're all, we're all obsessed with it. And I'm not going to deny that I'm in the same road. Now, am I as obsessed as I used to be? No, because I'm 43 and part of me doesn't just, I don't give a damn anymore to a certain extent. But do I want to just wake up one day 50 pounds overweight? No, I don't. Why? Because I've, I've worked relatively hard to keep it off the 26 years I've kept it off. And secondly, I, I know what it's like to be an overweight person and how you're treated differently and how no one looks at you or people treat you differently. So that, that, that's one of the issues. So I wish it was discussed more. All right, so let's talk about how my childhood affected uh, the fact that I'm orthorexic, and then we'll go into specifics as to how I'm orthorexic. Okay, so how, why am I an orthorexic, and what happened in my childhood to cause me to be an orthorexic? Now, it, it should be pretty obvious. If you've listened to Confessions of an Obese Child since episode one of Why Did I Become Fat?, it's pretty obvious. I've never had a healthy relationship with food ever, ever, <laughs> for like 38 years now. Uh, I've always ate my emotions, right? I was an emotional eater. I had a depressed mother. I had uh, a functional alcoholic father who was a rageaholic, and I ate and ate, and then I got made fun of. I was called Fat Albert, all the things I mentioned in the early podcast, all the abuse that happened to me in the swimming pool and in the locker room and at uh, the amusement park and all the things I've talked about, fed into my obesity, fed into the emotional eating, and through hard work and luck and some good good fortuitous events like Coach Webster, I was able to lose my weight. But then as I've discussed in the latter episodes, I still had an unhealthy relationship with food the last 25 years where I would just do calorie in, calorie out, and essentially binge exercise, binge exercise. And so when I did lose my weight uh, 26 years ago, I, 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 I ate better, but in the last 20 years, it's really just been calorie in, calorie out. And only about three years ago did I start, no, I would say maybe about six years ago, I started embracing the more clean eating idea. And I was probably at that point uh, five to 10 pounds overweight for where I should have been. And I noticed that when I started fasting and when I started uh, embracing some of the clean eating and eating more fat and getting off the low carb idea, uh, that, that that weight went away. And so I, I don't have a healthy relationship with food now. I mean, I, I think about it all the time and I still don't eat well all the time. And I'm a prisoner of it, similar to I'm the prisoner of exercise. But with exercise, 
the way I'm a prisoner is that I have to go work out most days right after work or after school. And then I got to take my morning walk and I got to take my evening walk. And so if I don't take my morning walk before school, like on the track, or if I don't take my evening walk around the neighborhood, or if I don't work out, I get very agitated and I get very anxious because I think, okay, it's the domino theory. If I don't do a walk this night, do a walk that night, it's going to add up, add up, add up, add up, add up, add up, boom, I'm going to be fat again. And, and so I'm a prisoner to that, but I think my orthorexia is more of a prison in that I'm not a straight out orthorexic where I only eat like six foods every day. That, that's not the type of orthorexic I am. I think I'm an orthorexic in that, like for lunch, for example, I eat the same lunch every day. Now, some people do this and I've mentioned in, I believe it was college dysfunction, how I used to eat a can of beans for four years straight when I lived in Alaska, just a can of beans for lunch. But now at lunch at school, it's partly because I'm not a good cook, but partly because I'm just so used to the last four years of doing this. But I essentially eat blueberries or some sort of a berry. That's not a strawberry because I'm not a big fan of strawberries. Dark chocolate and nuts and maybe a hard-boiled egg. I eat that every day at school. Why? One, it's easy. Two, I don't get tired of it. And and I don't know if th- this is a separate topic where I have totally don't have a palate. I can't taste anything. But I eat essentially the same foods because they're cheap and they're very high fat and they're easy to make and they sustain me. So in that regard, I am an orthorexic and I've really limited my food. I'll say like my blue corn chips and then at dinner, it's like eggs in a yogurt bowl. And again, partly it's because they're easy to do, but partly it's because um, I know how to make them. And I, in my mind, I perceive them to be healthy and that's all that really matters. But I think... The bigger way where I'm an orthorexic is that I am in a fasting uh, slave window in that I have to eat as early as possible my dinner because I want to start my fast for the next day. So typically, I've been fasting for about three years now. And really, this is kind of more of a topic for MPE because I've had those two episodes on fasting. But... Uh, you know, confessions is more of a confessional series. So what I do is I I don't eat until about if it's during the school year, uh, school day, not till about one fifteen, and then I try to finish all my eating by seven. So what happens is I eat around one fifteen, about twenty minutes before the bell rings, before I have to go to class during my lunch, and then I'll go work out at you know four or five o'clock, and then I try to race home, and I need to eat before like seven thirty, seven or seven thirty, and so. If I don't do that or if I eat, heaven forbid, after eight, I start panicking because I'm like, oh, I'm cutting into my window. And it's like today's window was too long, even though it's only seven hours. And really a typical fast is what, eight hour window, 16, eight. But for me, it's seven or ideally a four hour window would be even better. So I think, oh no, it's tracking to eight. It's tracking to 8.30. Oh my God. So now it's a seven and a half hour window and I'm, I'm, I'm eating away into the next day's fasting window because if I stop eating until nine or 9.30 and then I eat at 1.15 the next day, then that means I only got a, what, 13 hour fast. Oh my God, only a 13 hour fast. And so on days like that or days where I eat Taco Bell or some junk, like at eight or nine o'clock, lots of times the next day, I'll just skip lunch and try to go to three or four or five o'clock. Then I'm doing a 20 hour fast. And typically I, I function pretty well on a 20 hour fast, but I don't like doing 20 hour fast daily. I know there is the warrior diet where you essentially just eat one large meal a day, but I'm not a f- firm uh 
proponent or adherent to that that sort of diet. So that is my problem. So let's say I want to go out with Kate or we want to go have dinner somewhere. And it's like, no, if it's after seven, I got to eat after seven. And no, no, we got to go. I got to eat or I'll eat in the car or I'll get home and be like, no, I ate in the car. Sorry. And I'll, but I'll go, I'll go out with you and sit with you while you eat. Well, no one wants to hear that. No one wants to do that. No one likes that at all. I'll watch you eat. So that's a problem. It's a problem I have. So it's similar to the exercise. It's like I am so routine oriented. And when I, when I don't have my routine, I get anxious. And I feel like the world's going to fall apart. I'm going to gain weight. Or it's going to affect my sleep because I'm very regimented and anxious and neurotic about my insomnia. And like the last three weeks, for example, I, I've been sleeping better. But last night, for example, I knew Kate was going to come home late at three o'clock or whatever. And so that psyched me out. And so I knew, oh, I'm going to wake up when she comes in because I am a very light sleeper. I can hear everything. I'm, I'm like the type of guy who if there's a clock ticking in the room, I have to disconnect the clock because the ticking of the talk of the ticking of the clock freaks me out, or if the ceiling fan is not greased and it makes that won't, 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 that freaks me out as well, so I can't sleep, so I gotta have like two fans on for white noise, and so just the thought that she was in coming late freaked me out, so I only slept for two hours last night, so this is the kind of neuroses that I have, and that everything needs to be regimented, my day, um, what I'm eating at lunch, my walks, my workout, my lunch eating time. And if every anything deviates from that, it's like Bill Paxson's character, Hudson from Aliens. It's game over, man. It's just game over. And that's how I feel. And I hate feeling that way. I hate feeling like I am a slave to my eating that I have to eat the same foods. Now, don't get me wrong. If I go to a restaurant, I can pretty much order anything off the menu. So in that regard, I'm not an orthorexic, but I am an orthorexic in that I eat the same foods over and over for lunch. And the other way I'm an orthorexic is that every time I look at a food item, I look at the ingredient list, I know just based on my research that I can notice and detect all the food toxins, the food additives, and the food dyes and all that stuff to the point where I get anxious about it. So if I am eating, let's say... I don't know, an m M&M, and I'm like, oh my God, this has, you know, red number 40 in it, for example, or it has an obscene amount of sugar. And so I first, I start fixating on that and then it throws me off. And it's just, it's a very, very frustrating mind to be in is that always, always thinking about food, always obsessing over food and always worrying about food, always worrying about my walks. And so I I live in like this mental prison and it's frustrating. All right, so the last thing I wanna mention is it is extremely frustrating to be an orthorexic or quasi-orthorexic and to be a quasi-exercise addict. But I know that, that I am very fortunate in a, lot, in a lot of ways. I know there's a lot of people who struggle with health problems, struggle with diabetes, struggle with cancer, uh, struggle with being overweight still, and I'm not overweight. And, I, and I'm sensitive to that. But this confession is about my journey. And I'm very honest here, guys. And any of my clients would know, because I am very honest, I don't try to pretend to be something I'm not to people I know at school or my clients and that I suffer from these things. 
I suffer from these things. I, and these are, to me, vestiges or remnants or leftovers of being a binge eater as a child. I, I don't think it's possible. I, mean, I could be wrong where you can go from having a completely unhealthy relationship with food and then overnight or even in a year to change that and to be a regular eater. Now, I, I think you can to a certain extent, uh, but I, I find it to be difficult. And I strive to be eating, you know, the, the, the organic steak with the organic salad and and not to overindulge. But I just don't know. I don't really have necessarily the mechanism to do so. And so the last thing I mentioned is like, well, then, then am I a hypocrite? Because I tell the people uh, through the through the podcast or MPE or this podcast or my students when we cover nutrition, which we're currently covering right now. For example, they have to bring in a, a fermented food item uh, by Tuesday to get some extra credit. Am I a hypocrite? Because I espouse one thing, but I don't always adhere to it. Maybe, maybe I am, right? It's like it's like akin to somebody who's like, don't embezzle, don't embezzle, and they're embezzling the whole time, or don't cheat on your husband, don't cheat on your husband, you're cheating on your husband. I mean, those are classic hypocrites, right? Or the the, the pastor who's preaching against uh, homosexuality when he himself is having a gay relationship. I don't know. I think I think it makes us human. I think it makes us human. So I know, based on my personal experience, based on my research, based on all the things I learned, how to eat right, how we should eat right. And I think a lot of us know, but a lot of us don't know. I can't tell you how many times I go to the supermarket and I see people buying Powerade and I see people buying, you know, Twinkie. Now, do they know all the food toxins in there? They just don't care? Or do they just don't know and don't think? They don't think. I don't know. But I think we're, we're striving to be the best that we can be at what we do. And I feel like I have a certain amount of knowledge, and by no means am I the, the expert on it, but I have a certain amount of knowledge that I think is important to share to people. And then ultimately, you and I and everyone else have to make the decision as to what we put in our mouth, what what, what stuff we put in the air in our house, and so forth. But I did want to share that I, I suffer from this, guys. I suffer from it. I need to eat from one to seven every day. I got to have my walks. I have to sleep well. If not, I just fall apart. I literally feel like I'm like one week away always from being admitted into a mental home because if, if it's like worst case scenario, if all these things fall apart where I can do these things, I would be panicking. I'd be tilting, as they say in the fantasy football world. So I just want to be completely honest with you about that. So before I go, please listen to the other podcast. Please let's read my old confessions. I wrote out the original confessions 1 through 18 on Naturopathic Earth website, Naturopathic Earth, and hire me as a health coach. Look, I'm not perfect, but I do have a lot of knowledge about how to keep weight off. So contact me about that. Until next time, guys, take care. I'll see you in mid-October. Thanks for listening to this episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Make sure to visit us at www.naturopathicearth.com for additional confessions, wellness articles, recipes, and a whole lot more. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Naturopath Earth. See you next time.